Hi. Hey guys, it's Southern Disgrace. I'm Hillary. I'm Madison. I'm Ellen. And this week I have a case out of Georgia. Georgia. And Georgia. And I think you guys will be excited because it's um a female is involved. And we were talking about how we haven't really done that many lately with oh, ladies yes. being the culprits. Uh, but first, let's talk about your vacay. You I'm just back. got back. Well, technically, when this airs, I you, will have been back here. for a whole week. <laughs> yeah. But I am back. Today's you the first wearing day. your, your uh, vacation t-shirt. Oh, I have plenty. How I, many did you buy? Oh, my God. Okay, how, y'all. How much money I, did you spend? <laughs> I am a sucker for souvenirs. I I never love, buy any souvenirs. Oh, my God. No, but I should have had you buy like a baby thing for Harper. I, they had so many cute like, little lobster oh, outfits. Go back, go back. <laughs> and I really thought about texting you and being like, what size does Harper wear? Um, no, I'm okay. I got shirts. I get magnets. Wait, how many shirts did you get? A shirt in every place we stopped. Which was like five. <laughs> okay, so I got a Halifax, Nova Scotia <laughs> shirt. I got a Bar Harbor short. But then we also went to Acadia National Park in uh-huh. Bar Harbor. So I got an Acadia shirt. I got a Portland shirt. This is going to be your wardrobe all week. <laughs> well, no, because some of them are long sleeve and it's oh, still yeah. warm here. It's but it true. was it was, didn't get higher than 50s when oh, we were wow. gone. Was that nice? It felt so good. Did I'm you wear, so bring excited. enough warm clothes? I did. I bought a jacket. I left my jacket at home uh-huh. accidentally. And so before we got on the boat, uh, or before we got on our plane, we went and I got another jacket. But yeah. I needed it for sure because it was like so it was chilly. Shirts, magnets. What else? Um, I bought. Oh, we get a Christmas ornament everywhere we go. Oh, that's, cute. that's cute. So I, I got Christmas that. ornaments everywhere. Um, I bought a coffee mug and I bought a. <laughs> And she I bought, bought a whole damn country. And I bought a pint glass. Like, I've never heard of a cruise before you went, a, a cruise in that part of the country. Like, I've heard of Alaskan cruises. I've heard yeah. of Caribbean cruises. They were, like, on a Canadian cruise. Yeah, Canada and New England. And they have different, like, routes. So we went to St. John Bay of Fundy, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Bar Harbor, Maine, and Portland, Maine. But they have them that, like... Go to some leave out. Of, we left out of New York. Some leave out of Boston mm-hmm. and go to like Newfoundland and like they have like different itineraries. Yeah, it and was the scenery was beautiful. It was so your pictures are pretty. It was so pretty. Did like, you see wildlife? No, we didn't see any wildlife really. Oh. Saw a lot of old people though. <laughs> On that, the was, that was wild. Yeah, enough. that my only. Okay, I'm a horrible person. My only complaint was it is a it was our boat held four thousand people and out of those four thousand. I'm going to say less than 200 were under the age of 30. 3,998 really? were right. <laughs> I mean, and did it, y'all make friends with anybody? No, we don't do that. You know, <laughs> we, don't, so, yeah. we don't talk to our neighbors. We don't talk to people while we're That's out. That's funny. But like, it just, they're really slow. And we get walk, out of our way. Yes. You know, you're trying <laughs> to like. you're going overboard if you don't get out of Well, way. we're on the pool. Like, we're on the, the little gangway trying to like get off the boat. And, you know, you've got people with like canes and walkers and they're just. <laughs> I'm like, we've only got set time. Look, you and Evan might be those people in a couple of decades, and then people are going to be bitching about y'all. I already told Evan (laughs) there was this really slow guy with a walker. And, like, I'm like, the cruise was very inclusive. There were all kinds of things for people to do. So, like, you were not limited by your age or mobility status. (laughs) I was about to say, to go on this cruise. But, you know, so, like, we're trying to get off the boat, and, like, there's very slow people in front of us. Mm -hmm. And Evan was like, 
if, am I ever going to be like that? And I said, well, if you are, I ain't taking you out anywhere. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> we're on not, a boat. We're not going on a cruise. Madison would be one of those people walking around at the moment with your boot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you jacked your toe up. You broke your toe. Your poor foot. Sorry, I'm, I'm far away from the mic because I have to have my foot in a high <laughs> position, so I'm like leaning it's up elevated. to the mic. That boot is the She's got a boot. It is so, it's like a really, really ugly shoe. It's like you're in a non-slick like fast food worker shoe. <laughs> <laughs> no slip. Yeah. The things you do for your children. Oh, God. Oh, bless Your it. poor toe. When do you get out of that? Uh, When's your toe back never. to normal? A couple weeks, probably. Three are you weeks, gonna, month. Are you going to lose the toenail like you did say, on your other You already did that know. to the other one. Yeah, whatever, y'all. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm um, in a pissy mood today. <laughs> we won't talk about handicapped people anymore. <laughs> or the lack of mobility. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm excited to see all of your souvenirs. Did Evan buy any? Because I know he was, like, hating on... Like yeah, not he bought um, not taking a, a big suitcase because he didn't buy souvenirs. Well, and I ended up having to like carry some on in like a bag. I didn't have a carry on, and I had to make a carry on. <laughs> um, he bought a couple sweatshirts. Like he bought one from Acadia, and he got a, a sweatshirt from Halifax. Well, that's fine. So he got some things, but not as much as me. <laughs> You're just stocking up. Yeah, go back next time. Get me a lobster outfit for. <laughs> okay, so this is the story of George Young the Third. Um, he was shot and killed on his front porch in Buford, Georgia on November 16th, 2017. Oh, this is relatively new. It is. Um, He was 43 years old. He was a married father of three. And by all accounts, he was just like an outstanding guy. He had so many friends and loved ones. And he actually owned his own company. It was Metro Atlanta Security and Fire Company. And all of his employees said that he was a great boss to work with. So not only was he having that uh, as his job, he was also working part time with Strickland Security Company, and he worked 60 to 70 hours a week to provide for his family. Good Lord. I know. So he was a hardworking man. So he was a security guard with Strickland, and he had just finished a, sh- bleh, he had just finished a shift that night and was coming home when he was shot and killed on his front porch, once in the chest and once in the face. Ugh. And his keys were literally in the front door. They were, oh. they were hanging in the front door. So he was almost there. Yeah, like almost made it inside. Oh. His <laughs> God bless you. You poor thing. Oh. I'm Are sh- you on pain you hear somebody in the trash like this? It's Madison. I'm going to shout my response to the back of the room. Just, just slightly delayed because of those <laughs> pain meds. That's crazy, y'all. <laughs> Okay, so his keys were hanging in the front door. Um, his iPhone, his iPad, his wallet were all laying beside him. So what was the motive? Not robbery. Not robbery. I mean, they had all this nice stuff they could have taken. Um, one forty-five caliber casing was also found nearby. Well, family members that were inside the home told detectives they heard at least two gunshots when they rushed to find George on the porch. So people were home. They were. It was like 11 o'clock at night. He was coming home from work, from working the security shift. Good Lord. Yeah, so his wife. It's crappy to be a security guy and then die. Yeah. So. I think it's pretty crappy to die all the time. But, um, but it's especially only if you're a security guy. Yeah, like that's your job is to not die. Well, that, but it just shows like he wasn't ready or he wasn't like. Of course. We well, were going home. It, you're like, yeah. you know, you're, yeah, you're walking inside exactly. your front door. So George's wife of 22 years, Tia, and their three sons were inside. Of course, the children were asleep. Um, and Tia's brother, Tim, was also home. They were he, married for 23 years and had three kids that were like sleeping. Yeah. Like babies? No, they were okay. like young teens okay, and like gotcha. 10-ish or whatever. They might have waited, enjoyed married life for a little <laughs> yeah. while. I'm just I'm shocked You don't have to pop right out there. a child so soon. <laughs> what, d- does your teenager have a bedtime on like 
Or, yeah, but I, I just it just felt like usually people that have been married twenty years don't really have a lot of kids at home anymore. Yeah, I was thinking that's true. They're they're still young. Well, maybe they're just in a rough spot and they don't know what they're doing with their <laughs> life and they had to move home. Maybe they're sleepy. <laughs> maybe they're still paying off student loans and they have to live with their parents. Um, so I think Sensitive they're much? I think they're oldest <laughs> just like fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> student loans are a real problem, y'all. Okay, so Tia and the boys are inside. Tia's brother Tim that lives with them is home. Well. Tim was the one who went outside and yelled for Tia, or sorry, Tim was the one, yeah, he went outside, he yelled for Tia to call 911. And I have a clip for y'all to listen to. I have the 911 call. Listen to this. My brother said my husband was hit. Hey, just deep breath for me, okay? Is your brother or are you able to do CPR? Okay, can you put your brother on the phone? Hello? I want you to put your hands in the center of his chest, right at his breastbone, okay? You ready? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I have a lot of officers right here, you okay? So that's Tia and Tim wow. with the 911 call. Is the 911 operator's voice being disguised for some reason? No. Okay. That's just their voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not not aesthetically pleasing <laughs> to the auditory factors. How horrifying would it be to have to like have someone walk you through CPR? Yeah. Like I don't think I I mean I'd be like Tia, I'd be like on I, your I dad can't. Too. I know. I can't do this. Do either one of you know how to do CPR? Like legit? I, have you ever taken a class or been certified? I've taken a Maybe I've been certified. I know I've taken a class. I know you're supposed to go like the pumps in beat to staying alive. Yeah. Uh, 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 but like how, you have to, you have to go hard enough to like you break, break the their breastbone. Bone. Yeah. I'd be like, eh, I, I know. I don't think I can do that. I don't know how to do CPR. I've been meaning to do classes, especially now that we have Harper. But like I, I wouldn't know what to do. And if that were Sean, I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, I, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. So yeah, you heard Tia saying she couldn't do it. So Tim jumps in. The operator starts telling him how to perform CPR. Well, Gwinnett County Detective Chris Smith gets the call that this would be his first lead investigation. He had only been a detective for four months when he got this call. He's and a then, newbie. Yeah, and then you get this as your lead, your first lead. So Gwinnett County detectives, they weren't sure if George was followed from his job to his home or if someone was kind of lurking around his house, picked him out as he returned home in the dark. But initial reports suspected that someone may have been outside his home waiting for him and maybe it was some type of gang initiation. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Buford is, you know, a little bit north of Atlanta, so lots of gang activity. The family said that even though George was a security guard, he did not carry a weapon. So he wasn't armed. He wouldn't have been able to fend off attackers. And um, how, so Tim, like I said, Tia's brother lived with the family. So how did he come to live with them? Well, like I said earlier, I mean, George was so well liked. He would give somebody the shirt off of his back. Well, Tim had fallen on hard times, and George not only gave him a job at the company that he owned, but he told Tim, hey, you can move in with us rent-free. Just, you know, get back on your feet again. So he was really helping Tim out. Well, Tia said that she was in bed when she heard the gunshots, and she immediately ran to Tim's bedroom, but he wasn't in there. And earlier in the night, he had been downstairs working on his laptop in the kitchen. And so she remembered, oh, he's downstairs. She yells, did you hear that? And Tim shouts back that he did, and Tia immediately calls 911. 
So detectives ask Tia if she has any initial thoughts on who may have wanted to hurt George. Was robbery the possible motive? Not really, because they didn't didn't take take, anything. All the nice, you know, technical stuff that he had. Um, Tia says that money wouldn't have been the motive because they didn't have money. She said that they were struggling financially. She had just lost her job six weeks prior to the shooting. So they were really falling on hard times. And she also told detectives... She was really out of the loop. I mean, she said, I don't know who would have wanted to hurt him, but I also don't know what he was doing on the side because since she lost her job, she said that she had been struggling from depression and she felt like George may have been keeping things from her to like not stress her out. Mm. So he had maybe problems too, but didn't want to tell her. Or maybe a side hustle that he didn't want to tell her about. So Tia's brother, Tim, told detectives that he had been living with a family for two years. And like I mentioned, he was working on his laptop at the kitchen table. He said he heard a single shot and then another gunshot seconds later. And he looked outside the window and saw George laying on the front porch. But he didn't see anyone running away. He didn't see any cars on the street. Yeah, where were they? Um, So since Tim worked with George, detectives asked if he knew of any disgruntled employees that they may have had issues with. And Tim said he didn't know anything. Uh, Everybody loved George as a boss. Well, detectives immediately start digging through George's cell phone records, and they're trying to find out the details of something's going on. This wasn't random. You know, he has a secret life, but what is it? Is it drugs? Is it gambling? Is he having an affair? Mm. What's happening? So... Cell phone records show that George made a call to a woman named LaTanya Knowles right before he was shot and killed. Detectives are wondering, is LaTanya and George having a relationship? Uh, Is she married? Does she have a boyfriend? Could he have found out about what was going on and gotten jealous? Well, LaTanya tells detectives there was nothing sexual going on between her and George. She had worked with him for about six years, and the two had become really good friends. Mm. She said that George had called her that night, and they were discussing issues that were going on at work, and he literally ended the call when he pulled up to his house. She was the last person to talk to him. Um, But when detectives go to speak with her, I mean, she's distraught. She's bawling her eyes out. They're wondering, you know, how did you hear? And she said that Tim had gone into the office that morning, like the day after George was shot and killed. The brother, okay. Yeah, the brother. And he told everyone at work what had happened. So she was home distraught. Um, She tells detectives that, again, she and George didn't have anything sexual going on, but they were good friends. And she knew that he and Tia had been having issues Mm -hmm. and that Tia had asked for a divorce. Uh Mm Uh-oh. But she wasn't forthcoming with that information. She was not. So um, LaTanya also tells detectives that Tim may not have had the best past. Like, uh, Like I said, he had fallen on hard times and apparently he had been living in and out of motels. And LaTanya says, you know, I've heard some rumors about him, like, being involved in some shady stuff. So you might want to look into that. So detectives continue to canvass the neighborhood. And while they do that, Tia and Tim are both brought back in for questioning. The investigation goes on for several weeks. And during this time, police increase the reward for information in the case from $2,000 to $5,000. Tia told detectives that because she had lost her job and had been suffering from depression, she had been in a, quote, real bad funk but that George was supportive and willing to do whatever it took to provide for the family. She tells detectives that she and George hadn't really had much of a sexual relationship for a while because of her depression, but she also told detectives, I'm not having an affair, and I don't believe he was having an affair. So she said, you know, it was just this tough time that we were going through. Well, here's a bombshell. 
She tells detectives that Tim, her brother, is not actually her brother. What? Yeah. Her lover. He and George and her all grew up together and have been friends since childhood. So where did it come out that it was a brother? Well, they were so close that they were like brother no. and sister. No. Oh. When the police <laughs> ask you who he is, <laughs> my if brother. he's not your brother, you right. don't maybe say she, your brother. Maybe she said brother. Brother. He's and my brother, brother from stuff. another mother. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was kind kind of a curveball that they threw at him. Well, detectives ask Tia if George had a life insurance policy, and she says she hasn't even called to check, but she's pretty sure he doesn't, and if he did have one, he probably let it lapse because he apparently had a policy on her in the past that he had let lapse. So she was like, he's not really keeping up with that kind of stuff, so I don't think that's what's going on. Well, while canvassing the neighborhood, a neighbor tells detectives that after he heard the gunshots, he looked outside the window and saw someone run out of the house wearing all black, go run over to George's car and start looking under the car for something. And then they run back into the house. And looking under the car. Yeah. So they run out of the house, go run to George's car, get on the ground, start looking for something. And then they run back into the house. What in the world? Yeah. And this is after the shots. Yes. So he's laying on the porch. Yes. And someone is like jumping over his body, running back and forth. The person, this uh, neighbor said, was wearing all black. Detectives remember that when they talked to Tim that night, he was wearing all black. Mm. So detectives asked Tim about going and looking underneath the car. And I loved the interrogation video because they were basically asking him like, you know, can you tell us again what happened that night? Blah, 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 blah. And then they go, okay, so why'd you go down and look under the car? And his he's face, like, uh, he's like, what are you doing? oh, oh I, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> like, that's oh, <laughs> you have some information that I had not intended you to Right. Have. So here where it gets even more weird. So Tim tells detectives that George had paid him to put a GPS tracker on his car in the event that something happened to him. And he told Tim to track him with an app on his phone if something were to happen. And he told detectives, <laughs> yeah, he told detectives that George told him he had been involved in something that he shouldn't have been and he was trying to get out of it. And he was basically telling Tim, hey, if shit goes south, you can look up the GPS tracker. Well, the shit went south in your driveway. You know where he was. Right. You don't need to GPS him to find, you know, it's not like he's missing. That makes and zero you need sense. To, right? Right. Think so, of a better lie. Detectives agree with you. It makes no sense. Um, so apparently he had told, according to Tim, George had told him that if something were to happen to take the tracker off of his car and get rid of it so his family wouldn't know what he had been up to. So detectives go through Tim's phone and they discover that he has deleted all of his messages from the day of the murder. Detective Gwinnett County uh, Detective Shelley Millsap goes in and starts hitting Tim with the hard questions. Why was he tracking George? Why was his first thought to go take the tracker off the car when his friend is laying there on the front porch dying? And Tim tells detectives that George had gotten involved with running guns out of Florida. So gun smuggling that's and... Some sons of anarchy stuff. Right. So that's what he tells detectives. Um, Meanwhile, in the interrogation room next door, Tia is in there. And while she was waiting on detectives, you know, obviously they've got the video. They're looking at them the whole time. Her ass is asleep. Uh, She is dead asleep in the interrogation room. And detectives are like, your husband just died. Like, like how you sleep. You're catching a nap. (laughs) I can see sleeping over, you know, singing Amazing Grace, like what's her face did. (laughs) Because, I mean, you're. Exhausted? Yeah, exhausted, yeah. emotionally drained. I can, I can see it too, but I it, don't know. I feel like 
the opposite. You're like not sleeping. You you can't get a good night's sleep for for weeks because I mean you might like pass out at some point, but this was the evening of, right? Right. Or so, no, it was like it was a little while later. Okay. But I mean, you're well, how long still... did they left her in there too, though? Because like if you're just sitting there <laughs> yeah, for like, I know. and you've been by yourself for an hour, like I put my head down. I know, and yeah. like I'm practically narcoleptic, so I probably would have <laughs> fallen asleep anyways. But to detectives, it doesn't look good. Okay. Your husband was just murdered. You're falling asleep in the interrogation room. So um, detectives, like you mentioned, Ellen, they start to wonder if she and Tim are in a relationship since they're not actually brother and sister. (laughs) Um, Maybe they're lovers. So detectives follow Tia and Tim back to the house with a search warrant. They've got um, the warrant for the GPS tracker, Tim's laptop, as well as his and Tia's phones. Well, when they're on their way back to the house, one of George's sisters um, was at the house with the boys and some family friends were also at the house. And when this whole um, caravan, the detectives and Tia and Tim are all headed back to the house, apparently one of Tia's friends who was at the home, Tia called her and told her to go into Tim's room and get his laptop and get the phones and hide them in her bedroom. So... Because hiding him is going to work. Right. Tia's friend refuses and leaves the house. So when detectives come and they they get the stuff and they find everything, George's sister is basically like, hey, by the way, when you were on your way here, she called her girl and told her to hide all the stuff. Good for the girl, though, being like, no, girl. Yeah. She was like, I, she pulled a Taylor Swift. I'd like to be excluded from this <laughs> yeah, year. Too. I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> so uh, George's sister says, obviously, you know, him and Tia had been married for 22 years. And George's sister was like, we're really good friends. And I've seen her lose loved ones in the past. You know, I was with her when her father died. I've seen how she reacts she when fell people die. every time. <laughs> she was like, she was so distraught. And since George died, she's just like happy-go-lucky running around town, you know, not acting like it's affected her at all. Well, um, George's sister also tells detectives that she knew her brother had a large life insurance policy. Mm. When detectives press Tia and Tim about their relationship, they both adamantly deny anything sexual. They just keep saying they're family friends, longtime friends. And Tia denies calling her friend that night and telling her to remove the phones from Tim's bedroom. And the detectives are like, well, why would they say that? Why would they say that you called? And she's like, I don't know, but I didn't. Well, she did. Tim tells detectives he had nothing to hide on his phone, so he gives them full access. And he doesn't know why Tia called her girlfriend and told her to remove the phone. And he continues to adamantly deny having a relationship with Tia. Well, enter forensics with the computer and the phones. Forensic results come back with all of the messages from Tia and Tim's phones. Detectives find evidence that the two are having a sexual relationship because there were plenty of oh sexual gosh. messages <laughs> from as far back as July. So this is November when he was killed. So they've been having an affair for a little while now. But just since July. That like, that was as far back as they went, so oh, okay. they may have been. I was like, because he was living there for two years, right? So, so that might have started a lot earlier. So detectives also look at the GPS tracker results, and previously they had asked Tim if he had checked on George's location that night. Tim had said no. Well, they look at the GPS tracker. That's not true. Tim had checked on his location around seven thirty the night of the murder. See when he was coming home. Exactly. You know, are you still at work? Are you on your way? Well, detectives also tracked down the life insurance company who had a $1 million policy on George. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And discovered that Tia had called and inquired about the policy about 12 hours after George was murdered. And she had told them she didn't know if he had yeah, a policy. Yeah, no, I don't think he does. That, like, okay, 
How long your loved one is not murdered, they die naturally, car accident, whatever. Yeah. It's not a murder. How long do you wait to call? Maybe like a week? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Well, but I'm you have to, like, of like, start arrangements yeah. pretty immediately. I mean, you probably have to, like, inform them right away that they're dead, but then, like, I'll get back up with you after the funeral and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. No one, I, no one who but, has ever had life insurance yeah, on me. But you, can't, but you can't tell police that you don't know about it when you call when them. You call, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they had asked her, obviously, after. Yeah. like, Well, and that, like... I get, okay, so she's like, oh, well, I'm going to make it seem like I'm not interested in it at all. Well, obviously, they're going to be a record you call, so why not just say, yes, yeah. I, I called, he does have one, you know, but yeah. I was, we're trying to plan a funeral. Yeah. Play it off like that. Because you're dumb. True. And you don't think these things through. True. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he had a $1 million life insurance policy. Um, computer forensics look at Tim's laptop, and they find that he had deleted all internet history from his laptop the day of the murder. But in his past internet history, they discovered that Tim had previously searched for snake venom what? and highly poisonous black widow spiders. Wait, Wait, is he going to acquire one and like slip it in his <laughs> yeah, bed? Yeah, like, like are you trying, trying to kill like, him with that? They're like, yeah. before this whole gunshot thing. Right? You're trying like, to buy that on the black market? He'll get bitten by a snake and then... yeah. And then we'll get life insurance. There was there was a spitting cobra in his bed somehow, <laughs> mysteriously, and I a thought, black widow. I spider. thought you were about to tell like a real story from your vacation of like there was this, and I was like, oh no, <gasps> my face. I was into it. A, a fun fact: a black a, a spitting cobra did get loose and moody one time. What? Um, yeah. What? Does someone has a a pet? Yes, they had a pet spitting cobra. I've never even heard of a spitting cobra. And it got loose, and so it was very much like be on the lookout. And they never found it. And so my mom's Jesus. theory was that it like went off and mated with some like Alabama snake. And, and they, now there's, there's like a hybrid. Yeah, like there's a weird <laughs> circling the woods. snake hybrid out running around. Oh my gosh! Only in Moody. <laughs> um, so yeah, he had searched for snake venom and highly poisonous black widow spiders in the weeks leading up to George's death. So on Tia's phone, when investigators do a little more digging, they found numerous memes and cartoons about affairs. One cartoon featured a fortune teller telling a woman, your husband will meet a violent end. And in the cartoon, the woman replies, will I get caught? What? What? That's a little suspicious. That's a weird thing to search for. Yeah. Or have like just have saved like, haha. but like you have to like how does that that like, doesn't just pop did up she on Facebook, draw it? Did right? She find yeah, I know. Did someone make it for her? That's... Like Tia, this is you. I saw this on Facebook and tagged you in it. Right. Um, this is so your situation, girl. right? You're about to kill your husband. LOL. Um, so you guys heard the 911 call, the operator instructing Tim on how to perform CPR, but Gwinnett County medical examiners said that in their autopsy they found no evidence of anyone attempting oh. to perform. CPR. So he was just like, yeah, one, yeah. two, one. three. Come on, George. You got this, bro. Right. Stay with so, us. But really don't. They're trying really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're even attempting it. They weren't. They didn't no, have because you're supposed to break they, the The medical bone. examiner said there was no. So they like, hadn't done that. He was probably like, I just didn't press hard enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah probably. You suck at CPR. I wonder if they were like, even if they even pushed at all. I <laughs> doubt They it. were probably just sitting on <laughs> the front They porch. were staring at him dying going, one, two. But <laughs> as a neighbor, are you not like eagle eye in that? Like I would be sitting in front of the window. Actually, yeah. I'd be on the front porch. Like, I know. 
But like, is they're not doing at night. I don't know. Like, if most people, because I don't remember what day of the week it was, but you know, if it's a weeknight, most people are already in bed. If shots ring out in the neighborhood, <laughs> I'd be like, but, what's happening? Like with they Maya, had to be like, oh, I'm at least pretending to do it. Yeah, surely. I don't know. But um, anyway, so district attorneys agree that even though all of the evidence they have is circumstantial, they don't have a, a weapon or anything like that. They have enough evidence to charge both Tia and Tim with the murder of George Young. So detectives obviously wanting to get a confession since all that they have is circumstantial. Well, Tim invokes his right for an attorney, so he's off limits. And while questioning Tia, she still is like going down swinging, saying she had no involvement in the murder. Um, Detectives confront her with the sexual texts and emails that she and Tim sent back and forth. And she continues to say she had absolutely nothing to do with George's death. And she says that she knew nothing about it. And yes, you know, she was like, I'm embarrassed that you guys have found these text messages. And yes, we are together still currently after this guy has died like several weeks before. I hope they confronted her with the text messages like Chris Harrison confronts the like the pedophiles on oh, yeah. to catch a predator <laughs> when he's like um so on you this said date, this what were you planning to do with that yeah box of condoms and whipped cream basically so um both tia and tim are arrested april 2nd 2018 and charged with malice murder felony murder and aggravated assault so in the state of georgia felony murder indicates someone is believed to be responsible for another person's death in the commission of another felony Malice murder indicates someone is believed to have killed someone intentionally and without being provoked. So there is a difference in the state of Georgia. Um, The trial lasts two weeks, and on April 5th, 2019, the jury begins deliberations at 8.15 a.m. They return their verdict shortly after 7 p.m. So that jury was like, let's do this. (laughs) All right. Tia was convicted of felony murder, aggravated assault, and criminal attempt to tamper with evidence, but she was found not guilty of malice murder. However, Tim was found guilty of malice murder, felony murder, and aggravated assault. So why was he found guilty and not her of the malice? They they think that he pulled the trigger. Yeah, they must have thought that he actually did it. And she was just setting it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I guess I'm done. No. (laughs) Um, Okay, so April 11th, 2019, Gwinnett County Superior Court Judge Tracy Mason ordered Tia to life in prison with the possibility of parole. That's crazy, y'all. Yeah, per Georgia law. Must not have been that much of a difference as far as the punishment went. Well, I was about to say, he's, well, if he doesn't get death, he's going to get life without. Well, that's the wife. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying like she got life oh, yeah, with yeah, parole, yeah. so yeah. he he got oh, yeah, yeah. convicted he, of ma- malice, so it'll be yeah he gets life, life. Without. yeah. So per Georgia law, Tia will be eligible for parole after 30 years, um, and like you said, Tim was what did what did Dave tell us? LWAP, life without parole. Yeah, LWAP, LWAP. So in deciding the fates of Tia and Tim, uh, Judge Mason said she took into account how prosecutors, family, and friends described George Young. This is a direct quote. She says, in a way, what I do here today feels inadequate because I cannot replace what I've heard to be or who I've heard to be a good father to three boys, a doting son to his mother, a beloved brother to his siblings and a trusted coworker. By all accounts, George Young was a good person, which is a loss for all of us because we live in a world where we could use as many good people as we can get. Truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um now, then it comes to find out in the uh, the trial, it also revealed that though Tia was the one who called 911, she delayed the call by 10 minutes uh. as George lay dying. 
So, well, yeah, yeah, you can't risk them coming inside yeah. them. She didn't call immediately wow. when they find that out. And they out. made it seem like it was right then. Right, yeah. like yeah. we're doing CPR right now. Yeah. Um, Judge Mason continued, I asked myself how and why this could happen, and my impression from the evidence that I viewed is that Tia pursued Tim perhaps more than he pursued her. So the only reasonable answer to that question to me has to be the million-dollar life insurance policy. She said, from where I sit today, looking at the faces I look at out there and looking at your two faces, knowing that there are three boys who are going to suffer for this, I have to say, I can't see how anybody would believe that $1 million is worth all the pain and suffering this has caused. Latanya Knowles, who I mentioned earlier, was a friend and coworker of George's, said that she felt justice had been served. She said, I was actually happy with the verdict. It was justice well served to me, and they got what they deserved. And she said, I'm not disappointed with the sentencing either. I think for Tim, being the person who pulled the trigger, the decision was right on. For Tia, I understand the judge might have been a little more lenient, as she does have three children. Their father is gone, and I completely understand that, but I hope that she never sees the light of day again. Well, she won't for at least 30 years. Yeah. And then she still has to go through the parole board. Right. And how old was she? Did we have her age? Um, He was 43, so she was around there. They were high school So she won't even get parole. She won't even be eligible to parole until she's 70. 70-something. So, yeah. But that is the case of George Young III. Wow. It just, it's... It just blows my mind in the, you know what? I should probably kill this person instead of just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like the the reasoning behind. And like, do you not realize when you kill someone and you're caught, you ain't going to get the life insurance? Well, that. And like, <laughs> I guess they're just. Do you just think you can get away with it? like, oh, I'm going to delete my search history and we're going to delete these sexy text messages and no one will find out. Right. They and definitely can't go back through the server and pull any of this exactly. information. We all know that just because you delete something does not yeah. mean it's gone forever. No. It's, <sighs> so go home and Google Black Widows. <laughs> Maybe Honestly, they thought they lived in such a bad area and like, you know, things happened that they thought they'd just get away with it. Yeah. I you know what I mean? Like a random gang initiation. Right. But still, like. They would have. I think they would have been better off finding a venomous snake to bite him somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right, buy some snake venom somewhere. But like, then they probably would have used their debit card. And why did you go to the exotic <laughs> pet store and buy the snake? And you know, traced it I don't all. know that any. There would have been a detective on the case had it been something like that. Of course, yeah. they would have been stupid enough to be like, it was in the bed. Yeah, how did right. we know? Yeah, it needs to be out in the woods somewhere. Right. Well, if it piques your interest and you want to get more of the story, it is actually a first forty-eight episode oh. called oh. Tracked. So, but I, when I was watching first forty-eight last week, I knew that I wanted to do it. But Gwinnett County is the county next to where I'm from, so I was like, oh Ooh, yeah, cool. But it's, a, it's a good episode. It's sad though. What season is it in? Do you know? 18. Oh, so it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's okay. on Hulu. <laughs> Shout out to Hulu. We should get a promo code for Hulu right? for like we'll all get, the shows. They do have a lot of good um, true crime ones on. They do. Um, important new true crime <gasps> information. What? They're making new forensic files. Oh, yeah. Oh, Has it been a while or something? Yeah, they haven't made any since the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Maybe even if the you 90s. you watch them on the- I do. You can tell they're so old. They're yeah. very but I didn't, old. You know, I didn't know hardcore. if I was just watching old ones or if they- No, okay. they stopped making them. And Got I you. really thought they would have started again by now. But- that, I mean, there's a wide variety of things to choose from. So, like, it's is. not like they're lacking watch- for material. Well, and, like, the- I mean, forensics has- progressed since they last because a lot of the um episodes will be you know this was the first time this was used in a case or this was Mm -hmm. the first time this was ever seen so 
I'm sure they have some new cases where they can say, oh, well, this was the first time that we used this method to yeah. solve it or that we, you know, they could cover familial DNA yeah. being used. I just need them to put a bunch out so I can binge. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So here's an update for you. Did you guys hear about the the Dothan double homicide case that we've covered? No, what happened? They set the date for his trial. Okay. How, is that gotten a tri- How has that gotten a trial? But Cat West hasn't gotten a trial yet. I know. Or so has when is it? his trial? We just haven't heard about it. February 3rd. Wow. That's soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Coley McCraney, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, it's the one with the Dothan double homicide. Yeah. And he faces three capital murder charges. And y'all don't think he did it and I did. Right. Right. Yeah. Although three. our friends. Sorry. I didn't finish the sentence. <laughs> three capital murder charges for J.B. Beasley. Two capital murder charges for Tracy Hollett. Why? So weird. Yeah. I don't know. How? Yeah. You, you killed one of them three times, the other one twice. I mean, that's it's so stupid to me. Yeah, you're just like piling stuff. it on. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, one of our friends that lives or is from Dothan, mm-hmm. I texted her when we saw this yesterday, and uh, she was like, uh, one of her friends that still live down in the area, she was like, it's gone silent down there, and nobody thinks he did it. Really? Nobody does? Yeah. Wow. I don't. How do I get on that jury? <laughs> I know. Do I have to have a Dothan driver's <laughs> I license? I hope he gets a fair trial. Because yeah, me too. It's just not Surely they'll, up. They'll I mean, move it out of Dothan. I don't move want to, to see the go to jail if he's not guilty. I just feel like, I, in my gut, that's I feel like he probably did it. Yeah. Well, um, I think they did. I don't know. I don't know if Ozark is in Dale County because, you know, the crime happened in Ozark, but Dothan is Houston County, but he's going to be tried in Dale County. Okay. But that might be Ozark. Let's move it up to Jefferson County. (laughs) (laughs) I got to move it away from there. Can you volunteer for jury duty? I don't think so. That's like a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, don't pick that girl. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) She's got a true crime podcast that talks about how she wants to convict people all the time. Exactly. Or Um, let him off. True. I don't think he did it. I I would like, I would like to hear the facts explained and laid out to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll have to wait for discovery. Well, we need to get Dave Simpson back on an episode after like more discovery comes out and be like, Dave, break it down. Right. Read over this. Tell us. Um, Also, real quick before we go, shout out to Misty. Ladies, I met her at the Southern Women Show over the weekend and she's obsessed with us. I've heard so many people say they listen to Southern Disgrace now. How great is that? Well, hey, if you ever see us, like come say hi. We love meeting you and hearing that you love us. We we love your love and admiration. But yeah, shout out to her. Tell me I'm pretty. (laughs) I love here. Okay, do either one of you have a tease? No. no. I've been on a boat for a week. I have You need no... to look up a Southern Nova Scotia murder. Madison, find your Oklahoma murder girl. Yes, you are you allowed. Guys, no, you. you're allowed. No, you're allowed. <laughs> we're, we're offering the olive branch. Yes. All right, well, maybe I could do the Girl Scout murders then. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do that one. Do okay. it. I've read about, I haven't read in detail about it, but I've re- that's I the one that even it. brought this whole thing up for me because I wanted to do that one. You guys are like Oklahoma, it's not. The <laughs> but there were okay, and I'm map, like it could be. Sort there of. were other states. It's the on Southwest. That map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I asked so. a friend. I asked my friend. We we're coming back from Six Flags, and I, and I like just nonchalantly I was like, "So, what, do you think Oklahoma- <laughs> work that into conversation?" <laughs> I'm like, "Do you think Oklahoma's in the South?" She's like, "No," because she was in Oklahoma. I'm like, "Well, I can't talk to you anymore." Where no on that email where Sonia? Okay, yeah. Sonia emailed us. She cracked me up because she was like, "I don't really care." Well, she was talking about Virginia. <laughs> The okay, oh god, of course it's downloading, but there were other states that we would not have considered the oh, south. Oh, it's in the ones that. above Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yeah. Are we down? It's, it's like down. the okay. southwest. Oh god, they don't have names on them. <laughs> Are Nebraska. you serious? Air, is that Arizona? Wait, oh god, I'm I can't so see what bad you're at, at. Let me see. I'm so bad at what are these two? I'm so yeah, bad at Arizona, geo- New Mexico. Okay, I'm bad. That at is geo- not the South. Well, according to this, it is so Southwest Missouri, Arizona. Do they have in Missouri included? Missouri's up Kansas. Higher, right? That's way high. Yeah, yeah. Missouri's like so. Oklahoma, Arkansas, 
that means whatever, whatever. You know, you know <laughs> well, what we're talking about. We'll according according to Sonya's map, we can start covering Nevada and Arizona. <laughs> no, I don't think so. so. <laughs> this is what White. the map. If we're well, gonna, she called. That's she says the Southwest, Southwest yes. and Southeast. Yeah, but I don't, I don't. Oklahoma is not the South; it is the Southwest. Yeah, okay. So we'll give you that. Whatever. But you can do it. You guys. Well, then just are we to... giving me Arizona and New Mexico? No, no. no. only no. one. Only one. So we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop at Texas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Nothing west of Texas. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll leave us a review as always. Um, shoot us an email if you have a suggestion. Southern Disgrace at iheartmedia.com. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.